Welcome to this edition of the Head Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is episode number 58 of the Head Dead Podcast. In this edition of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about Major League Baseball's trade deadline. This is the first time that the only baseball trade deadline will be on July 31st, and there were some big moves that I thought were really good and some other ones that I thought were were really questionable. So let's get into it. Let's get into the biggest winners of the trade deadline. And that, for me, without a doubt, is the Houston Astros, who already had Justin Verlander, who already had Garrett Cole, and now they have Zach Greinke. You could have made an argument that the Astros are weaker this year and last year because they didn't have Charlie Morton, who signed with the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, now they filled that hole and they have that third, like, ace-like guy again. In this form, he's a lot better than Charlie Morton. He's the guy who's won 197 wins, Zach Greinke, who should have two Cy Youngs at this point. He didn't win the second one because Jake Arrieta got hot in the second half. But if you ask me my opinion that year, Zach Greinke should have won his second Cy Young. He is one of the most underrated pitchers of his era. He's the master of control. He doesn't have the best stuff. He's developed, he's become a real pitcher, as they say, not just a thrower. He is one of the best pitchers in baseball and the 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 Houston Astros were able to trade for him without giving up their top prospect in the system. This is a this is a well-oiled machine. The Houston Astros three straight years they have added at the trade deadline brilliantly. One year they get Justin Verlander to be the ace they always needed. The next year they get Ryan Presley and bolster their bullpen. This year they add another ace-like pitcher in Zach Greinke. And now in my opinion they have the best trio of pitchers since Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox. That is the best trio of pitchers since then. I mean, you could make the argument for Zito, Hudson, and Mulder, but I got my money on Granke, Verlander, and Cole. And even though this might be a rental and Cole might leave the Astros in free agency, this is the way to go for the Astros because now they have insurance if Cole leaves their ball club and now they're going to have a rotation next year of at least Verlander and Zach Granke. And that doesn't sound that bad to me, does it? This is a great run organization with AJ AJ Hinch as the manager and Jeff Lunau as their general manager. What a move to this is what teams are supposed to do. They're supposed to be all in and they are proving for a third straight year that they believe in their ball club and they believe the Astros have a definitive chance to win the World Series. And now they are the definitive favorites. They are showing their team they believe in them and they are showing their fan base they believe in them. I have been a huge fan of the Houston Astros and they are getting Zach Greinke at a time where Carlos Correa is starting to heat up for the first time this season. George Springer is on fire. Jose Altuve is all ready to go. This is their time. This is their chance to become that dynasty-like team to win two World Series in three years. Sounds pretty good to me, and the Astros are making that more than just a possibility. There's a good chance it's going to happen, because when you go in the postseason and you have to face Cole, Verlander, and Granke, maybe game three Granke, if you're down 0-2 and you have to face Zach Greinke, I don't like your odds in that matchup. I don't like your chances. I like the Houston Astros over the Boston Red Sox, over the New York Yankees, over the Oakland A's, over the Cleveland Indians and over any National League team other than maybe the Dodgers. We could be going to see Houston and LA face at it again for the second time in three years because the Houston Astros made the move 
of the trade deadline and they should they should they they deserve a lot of credit for making this move because it would have been easy for everyone to just say oh we already won our world series last year didn't go our way but they decided no this is their chance. All their position players are in their prime. They have Verlander at his best. They have Garrett Cole at his best. And now they have Zach Granke. This was the move to make, and I applaud it. And another move the Houston Astros made was acquiring Aaron Sanchez, who just three years ago was a Cy Young contender in the first half. The Blue Jays' ace has struggled mightily since then, but if there's any team that can revitalize Aaron Sanchez, it's the Houston Astros. This is the organization that Garrett Cole wasn't so good his last few years with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and now he's an ace-like pitcher. And oh, by the way, Charlie Morton, not so good with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and now he's one of baseball's best pitchers. If there's any team that can resurge the career of Aaron Sanchez, I believe in the Houston Astros. And maybe this year, he's just a bullpen weapon, but down the line, I think that he's going to be a big part of their rotation. And if they ever get Lance McCullers back and get going, they could have a rotation of Verlander, Granke, Aaron Sanchez, and Lance McCullers. And that'll be pretty good if they lose Garrett Cole. I think this organization is going to lose Garrett Cole, but they made a beautiful move to make so that it won't be that big a deal. I mean, they could end up keeping Cole. I don't think they'll end up paying him the money. But now they have insurance in the form of Zach Granke. Best move of the trade deadline by far, in my opinion. Another National League team made the second best moves in the trade deadline, in my opinion. The biggest weakness of the Braves has been their bullpen. It has been horrendous. They don't really have a closer, and they were able to add an all-star closer having his best season in the form of Shane Green. Shane Green is a former Yankee who was sent away to the Detroit Tigers. In his short stint with the Tigers, he has become one of baseball's premier closers. Just what the doctor ordered for the Atlanta Braves, who are on a hot streak. This team has a great mix of veterans and young players. In Acuna, Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, Nick Markagas, this is the year for the Braves to try to win in the World Series, and they are a go. And Alex Anthopoulos is a, is a great GM because he is going to try to make the move to help your his team become World Series contenders. This is the same guy who added David Price to his rotation in Toronto. This is, this is the same guy who added Troy Tulowitzki to the Blue Jays. He is the one of the premier general managers, and he was able to add the top relief ace to the Atlanta Braves. And they also added... Mark Melanson to the Braves and the Braves will pay 19 million dollars to Mark Melanson next year but this move could be worth it because at one point Mark Melanson was the top tier closer in the game. They also added a reliever Chris Martin from the Texas Rangers who's underrated. The Braves bolstered their biggest weakness where other teams weren't able to think the New York Yankees needed a starting pitcher. Well guess what? The New York Yankees did not add a starting pitcher. More on that later but the the Atlanta Braves need to be rewarded in the fact that they had a clear weakness and they solved that weakness. Did the Boston Red Sox solve their bullpen issues? No. You know who did? The Atlanta Braves. And there's a pretty good chance that one of those two guys is going to hit 
and they're going to hit big. I think if they miss out on Green and he turns out bad, guess what? Melanson will probably be good and vice versa. They got a couple of guys who are going to be pitching the big innings for the Atlanta Braves, and that's what the Braves needed most. A guys to get out in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning of ball games because come October, that's when they're going to need those outs against the Dodgers, against the Phillies, against whoever, against the Cubs, against the Brewers, whoever they face in the postseason, they are going to need to get those big outs. And Alex Anthopoulos made those moves possible by acquiring Shane Green and Mark Melanson and Chris Martin. Those were big time moves that needed to be made by the Braves. They had a weakness and they have solved that weakness. Now the rotation probably could have used some help too. I mean their ace right now is Julio Tehran and he's one of the weaker number one starters on a pitching staff but I think bolstering that bullpen will help and they have one of the best offenses ever and an MVP in the forms of Acuna and maybe Freddie Freeman will be competing for the National League MVP down the stretch. What a what a really good trade deadline from the Atlanta Braves though. They are the second best team in the National League to the Dodgers in my opinion. The team that had the weirdest trade deadline ever is probably the New York Mets. The New York Mets all week long were telling, I guess, the best insiders and Jeff Passan and all these guys that they were going to trade Noah Syndergaard, that they were going to trade Zach Wheeler. Well, instead, they added to their rotation in Marcus Stroman, and the only guy they ended up trading away was 36-year-old Jason Vargas, who had threatened to beat up a reporter in the clubhouse. So, the Mets bolster their rotation. They've won, what, six of seven games or something like that, and now they see themselves in the wild card hunt, and... Brody Van Wagen, their general manager, thinks they are a real contention. Even though their manager, Mickey Calloway, seems like a nut, the Mets seem to think that they're in contention. Robin Sagano had a free home run game last week. The Mets think they're in it. And Edwin Diaz, if he can ever solve any of his issues this year, he was the best closer in the game and he's been bad this year. I think the Mets think that what they have is enough to be the second wildcard team. Whether or not that's right is yet to be seen, but you got to give it to them. They've taken a stance. They think they're competitive, so they've added to it. The Giants kind of did the same thing. The Giants had Scooter Jeanette out of nowhere thinking that they're in it. They didn't trade Madison Bumgarner in one of the strangest moves ever. These teams that are out of it thinking that they're in it is quite interesting because the National League wildcard means a lot to these teams who haven't been in the postseason in a while. The Mets haven't been to the postseason since 2015 and that World Series debacle and the, the San Francisco Giants, when they go to the postseason, guess what they usually do? The last three times they've been to the postseason, they've won the World Series. So now I think they're delusional in their stance that they should go for. I think what the Giants did was wrong. I think what the Mets did was interesting because they might be more right than the Giants. The Giants are relying on one guy, Madison Bumgarner, and they had two chips that they could have traded. Trade Bumgarner and trade Will Smith, and that was a mistake. Because when free agency hits, is Madison Bumgarner going to stay with you now that you don't have Bruce Bochy as his manager? Is he that loyal? I mean, if you overpay for him, sure. But are you going to want to give Madison Bumgarner over $100 million and lose him for basically nothing if you don't? That's a a stance I'm not sure I'm in favor of. And Will Smith will never be a hotter commodity for baseball right now. He's been one of the best closers in the game. I think I'm on board with what the Mets did against what the Giants did. I think what the Giants did is one of the weirdest 
things ever. They had two guys they could trade. Their team is mediocre. They've added Kevin Pillar and Scooter Jeanette in the last few months in some of the strangest pickups ever. I think the Giants are where the Phillies used to be, keeping all those guys from their World Series run and making it useless because they overpaid. They overpaid for Buster Posey. They don't need Madison Bumgarner right now. He's their only trade chip, and they continue to keep him in what can only be defined as baffling to me. I don't understand their stance. I think nostalgia has gotten in the way of the winning culture that the Giants used to have. And I get it. This is Bruce Bochy's last year. And you don't want to give him the worst ball club he's ever had. Well, guess what? I can make the argument he already has that. You're filled with veterans who I don't want. You don't want Evan Longoria for much longer. You don't even want Buster Posey right now. You're still playing Pablo Sandoval. This is sad what's happened with the Giants. They should have traded Baumgartner and they should have traded Will Smith. I like that the Mets got Marcus Droman because even if they don't make the postseason next year, they're going to have a rotation next year of Syndergaard to Grom. Stroman. That's a strong trio. That's a really good trio to go in the National League, and you can solve your defensive mistakes because they are one of the worst defensive teams in baseball. Again, like what the Mets did, hate what the Giants did. Theo Epstein is one of my favorite people in baseball. He's the best general manager in the history of the game, in my opinion. But he has had some ups and downs when it comes to trade deadline. In 2004, he adds Orlando Cabrera to the Red Sox, and they go on to win the World Series. In 2007, he adds Eric Gagne to the Red Sox. They still win the World Series, but Eric Gagne was putrid, to say the least. So, he can have a lot of hits and misses when it comes to trade deadlines. But this year, I think he hit big. With Nicholas Castellanos, the best hitter on the Detroit Tigers. He is proven he is one of the best hitters in the American League. But also, what's been proven by the metrics is that a lot of the balls Nicholas Castellanos hits at Comerica are, should, would be home runs in most ballparks, in most other ballparks. Nicholas Castellanos going into this trade only has about 13 home runs. But if he's playing at Wrigley, he's going to hit more home runs. Castellanos is one of, he's an electric type player. He's a good batting average guy and he can hit for power. That's a rarity in today's baseball to get a guy that can do both. But to see that Nicholas Castellanos can play better at Wrigley, I think is a big part of this than what he does at Comerica. Last year at Comerica, he hits over 30 home runs and drives in a hundred. Think of what he can do at Wrigley. You add him with Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, who's had a fantastic season that nobody's talking about. You might be getting Ben Zobris back. You Darvish looks like he can finally pitch. And listen, the here come the Cubs. This might be the time for the Cubs to get the Brewers, who, by the way, the Brewers had a terrible trade deadline. Just adding Drew Pomerantz to your bullpen is one of the weirdest decisions I've ever heard heard. I didn't like when the Red Sox acquired Drew Pomerantz, so why would I like when the, when the Brewers acquired Drew Pomerantz, who has an over a 6 ERA this year? The Brewers were in desperate need of pitching, and all they add is Drew Pomerantz. They did add someone else, but I wasn't interested in that person either. But seriously, the Brewers did not do enough. If any team needed Zach Greinke, it was the Milwaukee Brewers. And guess who used to have Zach Greinke? The Milwaukee Brewers. They should have tried to reacquire him. I'm pretty sure he would have gone back there. I think he liked his short-term stint there. It was pretty well. I, I think he pitched great there when he was traded there. I mean, I don't understand. The Brewers needed pitching the most out of everyone. They've used Josh Hader way too much. They the, Their bullpen isn't as good as it was last year, and their starters have been awful this year. 
people are criticizing the Yankees for not adding starting pitching, and I understand that, but the Brewers should be equally criticized. They're all offense and no pitching, basically, and their one pitcher who was amazing last year in Josh Hader has been hit pretty hard this year. He's given up a lot more home runs, but back to my point on the Cubs. I like what they did with Castellanos. I think they are all in. I think the NL Central was interesting. I don't think the Cardinals did it. Anything really good at the trade deadline that I was fascinated by. I mean, I, I think the Cardinals should have been more in. I mean, only <laughs> sending Harrison Bader down to the minor leagues is not an addition. Sorry, Cardinals fans. And with Paul Goldschmidt having a hot July and now into August, you should have added to that team. The NL Central is interesting with these three teams going forward. The Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers. But I think now this trade makes the Cubs the clear favorite in my estimation. The only team in the AL East who had a good trade deadline was the Tampa Bay Rays. They add Jesus Aguilar who can carry a team with his bat no matter how bad a season he is having this year with the Milwaukee Brewers. Last year he proved he could carry them. And boy, do the Rays need a bat who can carry them. They also add Eric Sogar who a pretty good batting average type player on at second base and he can play a lot of different positions but this team needed a power hitter because their lineup is uh, is is good they're good hitters they're not scary hitters I think Jesus Aguilar is a scary hitter when he comes up you're expecting a home run off the bat and the Rays desperately needed someone who is a home run off the bat off the bat type of guy because they don't have that in their lineup. This was a really good addition to go along with Sogar. I think the Rays had a really good trade deadline because if they're going to make the playoffs, they need a guy when they get there who can hit a home run in big moments. Jesus Aguilar can hit home runs in big moments. And the last, the last big trade I want to talk about is the Reds trade to get Trevor Bauer. This is a weird move to me. The Reds trade away Puig. They get Trevor Bauer. They thought they were going to have a really good rotation this year with Sonny Gray included. I mean, now you have Sonny Gray. Now you have Trevor Bauer. It's interesting rotation. I mean, that ballpark is a boombox, and they have a lot of guys who had a lot of home runs there. I get what the Reds are doing. I get it. They're like middle of the pack. They're not good. They're not bad. They're not a playoff team. I get it. Add a guy who's already in Cleveland, I guess. It's kind of a weird move. Does Trevor Bauer want to be a Red? Probably not. He He's going from a playoff team to a team who maybe thinks they're a playoff team, but they're not. I mean, they have a terrible contract with Joey Votto. I, I get what the Reds are doing here, adding to their rotation, because they thought they had a better rotation than what it is, and they add Trevor Bauer to it, and maybe they think they're going to make a run like the Mets are. I mean, it's it's been a weird trade deadline where teams who seemed out of it are now back in it. But I like this I like this dis- I like this move by the Indians because they get Puig and they add a power bat that they desperately needed. I mean basically in this free team deal the Indians are trading Bauer for two power hit in the form of Yasiel Puig and Fermil Reyes, who has 27 home runs this year playing at Petco Park. I think his bat is going to play in progressive field in Cleveland. And Yasiel Puig is one of the most entertaining ball players of the last decade. I've been a Puig fan. The Dodgers were really good last year and Puig was a big part of that. The only reason he's not on the Dodgers this year is because they, they're they sick of that platooning thing, and platooning players is what ultimately cost the Dodgers a chance at the World Series against the Red Sox because they were platooning the wrong people. 
I, I think that's the main reason why Puig's not there. I get that some people think he's a distraction. I like this move. From the Bauer point of things for the Reds, it's kind of uninteresting. It's just a team that thinks they're there when they're most clearly not. I mean, they're still on the books with Joey Votto. They're just not there yet. But they do have a decent rotation. If Sonny Gray can ever get the magic he had in Oakland, and if Trevor Bauer can ever calm down, they're going to have a decent rotation. But they they have they need a better bullpen, and they need more consistency from their starting pitching is basically what the Reds need, but at that ballpark, it's tough to do, and I don't know if Trevor Bauer is going to have the same success in Cincinnati that he had in Cleveland. I like this trade from the Cleveland Indians standpoint. You basically traded Trevor Bauer and filled two weaknesses with Fermil Reyes with 27 homers and Puig who has over 20 homers and had a hot July. You are acquiring Puig at the right time and Puig is going to shine in those big moments. He has a power bat and he has a power throwing arm. He's exciting like the move from the Indians point of view. It's a It was a really good trade deadline for the Cleveland Indians because they are going to be an interesting team when it gets to the playoffs. They have a really good rotation with Mike Levenger. If Corey Kluber ever comes back, if Carlos Correa Rasco ever comes back, that's a team I could really see make a World Series run with Lindor, with Jose Ramirez, now with Puig and Reyes. They're a dangerous team in the right time, and we saw it like a few years ago when they had that 20-game win streak. They, they're an interesting team who kind of knows how to win. It's interesting. And with Francona as their manager, you never know what he has up his sleeve. I like what they did at the deadline. Now I want to talk about the three teams who are baseball's powerhouses. The biggest markets in baseball, the best franchises in my opinion, are the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Historically, these are the teams. You can add the Cubs to that because they've been around as long, but the teams that have the best success are these free teams. They're the biggest markets. They're the stars. What did they do? They did absolutely nothing. Yes, the Yankees added Edwin Carnacion a while ago, and the Red Sox added Andrew Kashner a while ago, but these teams really didn't add much. I mean, the LA Dodgers did not add much. Dodgers' big acquisition this season has been Tyler White. Sorry, you're not going to get the fan base excited about that. Yes, you can make the argument that Dodgers didn't need much. They are a powerhouse, but they maybe needed insurance for Kenley Jansen, who's not as good as he used to be. You could really make that argument. I understand not adding. I do. I get it. You believe in your team. You think Bellinger's having the career year. Alex Verdugo's really good. I like their team. You have Kershaw. You have Ryu. You have... Walker Bueller, they have a super rotation, they have a super offense, but their weakness is the bullpen, and the Boston Red Sox weakness is also their bullpen, and they also didn't add to their bullpen. They added Andrew Kashner, it was a nice little pickup, he's won nine games with the Orioles, he wins a lot of games with the Orioles, but now he's in crunch time, I don't know if I like Andrew Kashner yet, that's yet to be seen. You're you got Nathan Avaldi back, but I think you made way too much about that. You should have added an arm, and there were arms to be had. Should the Boston Red Sox have traded for Mark Melanson? Yes, in my opinion, he has a history with the Red Sox. He struggled here a little bit, but I think the second time around, Melanson would get it this time. And you also probably could have got Shane Green, who's pretty cheap at this point. He's not making a lot. Maybe you should have offered more Fred Diaz. I don't know, really know where those where that was with the 
with what they with the what the Mets wanted. The Mets want Andrew Benintendi because if that's the fact, that's stupid. But if they wanted Jackie Bradley Jr., you make that trade. I mean, trading Andrew Benintendi for a closer this year is stupid. If that's what really the Mets wanted, they're dumb on that's dumb on their part. But now let's talk about the Yankees. We saw the Yankees in four straight games pitch terribly, except for Domingo Herman in that series against the Red Sox. They needed to add a starter. They needed the Zach Greinke. I get it that Greinke wasn't going to go to the Yankees because he had a straight trade stipulation saying he didn't want to be a Yankee. But they maybe should have got Robbie Ray. They needed a starter. And I don't understand adding to your bullpen because they already have a super bullpen. They needed a starting pitcher. Anyone. Literally anyone. Why didn't you call the Rangers and get Mike Miner? Why didn't you get Lance Lynn back? Why didn't you do all these things? I don't understand. Make a move and get a starting pitcher. The A's got two starting pitchers in the form of Homer Bailey and Tanner Roark. Make those moves. Get starting pitching. Get a starting pitcher. It's not that hard to do. It doesn't matter who you got. If the Yankees had added anyone, Yankees fans would have taken that as a positive. Yes, I think the Yankees are still going to make a run that could possibly see them in the World Series, but they should have made a move. The Dodgers, Yankees, and Red Sox should have made a move. They're the losers of the trade deadline, while the Astros are the big winners, and that hurts for those teams. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. There will be a new episode of the Head Dead Podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again for listening.